Hello, Swindon Town fans. The fan chat is back for another record, and it is our summer schedule episode three. Uh, just before we get into tonight's conversation, just for a point on the things we witnessed at the weekend with regards to Christian Eriksen. Obviously, it's it was horrible, horrific viewing for anyone who, who did sit through it. I'm sure we've all got our own opinions on, on the coverage on it, but the most important thing to say is that the, the news coming out of Denmark is positive. He, he seems to be stable and recovering. And on behalf of everyone involved at Fan Chat, we just want to pass on our best wishes to him, wish him a speedy recovery and uh, and hope that he and his family are not too badly affected by what we witnessed. Um, because I know personally, obviously I've, I don't know the bloke, but I, I know of him and, and even I was very upset by what I saw. So the passing on our best wishes. Um, joining me tonight, we have, uh, who have we got with us? We've got Ben returning. He's back with us. How are you, Ben? Hi, Steve. All well, thanks. And yourself? Yeah, very well. Thank you. Craig is here again. He is loving life with the podcast at the minute. Yeah, and I'm on time today as well. You are. You are. Um, Adam, as always, is with us. How are you, pal? Yeah, not too bad. How are you, right? Yeah, very well. And very excited for the main event of the evening is Kieran. How are you, pal? Yeah, not too bad. You all good? I'm excellent. Thank you very much. And we have a debutant, someone who watched our Get to Know Us episode and took up the option, said, I'd love to be involved. So I said, come aboard. We have a man with a split personality. Some know him as Paul, others know him as Ned, or we know him as the debutante. Good evening, sir. How are you? Oh, great. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me on. Much appreciated. Any time. Any time. Um, Let's start with a quick review of what's happened at the county ground this week. And uh, Ned, we'll, we'll throw you in straight away. We uh, we bid Tata to twine. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. And it, you know, he's he's been a real. He could have been a real asset, should we say? Um, I mean, he's, we had him at the club. No one really gave him a chance. He goes out on loan comes back you know he's 10 times the player he was it's just shame we haven't really utilized him you know whilst he's you know improved to such a high level but uh you know it's just such a shame that that the uh, ownership hasn't concluded maybe before the end of the season um because if we had a change and we were you know potentially shown that we swimming could be going up again or you know, um, showing positive steps, then, you know, he could well be at the club next year for the next season just to get him to that next level. But, uh, you know, I wish him well. You know, he's he's an absolutely lovely lad. He's played so well. Scored some cracking goals for us. Just wishing nothing but the best. And I think he'll thrive at uh, MK Dons. I really do. Ben, in your opinion, if the ownership debacle had been sorted in time, um, would that have helped to keep him, or was it strictly we had to stay up? Was was the the main talking point? Um, I believe that if the ownership debacle was sorted at some point during the season last year, uh, we would have stayed up. 
Um, I think it would have given much as Wigan did when they got taken over. It just would have given the whole squad a lift and we would have seen the back door of Sheridan within hours of the new owner stepping in. And if we'd stayed up, because he's ended up MK Dons, I have no doubt in my mind that Twine would have stayed and we would have built a team around him in League One this season. But it's not to be. And I echo Ed, um, Ned Swartz. It's such a shame for a player with such talent. We, the fans never got to see regularly such a talent, especially being a homegrown boy and a Swindon fan. But I think a lot of criticism was made about his choice to go to MK Dons. I think it's a fantastic move for him. He's going to play regularly. He's going to play their number 10. They play fantastic football under Luke Williams. I think he'll thrive there. I think he'll be there for a season. If MK Dons don't go up, then I think he'll get his big money move to the championship the following season and he'll get better and better. And I wish him nothing but success and uh, yeah, all the best of him. And Kieran, I don't think any of us are under any illusion that he won't do well in League One um, with someone else, are we? No, no, I think Lee, I think he's been sensible. I know he's had offers from sort of the championship and there's like your Lutons and your QPRs talking about them, but realistically, would they have loaned him out to an MK Dons for a year? I think he's been sensible by becoming a permanent player at a League One club um, to give himself another year in League One because he has only had half a, half a year sort of playing regularly in League One. So I think he does, he knows, I think it, with him in the South, he probably wants to give himself regular football not be loaned out and look get lost through the loan since this system. You like, see what happens to like Louis Thompson, who was probably was a good player in League One, was just about to break that championship mould and he, he sort of it hasn't gone anywhere at Norwich. Although he's been a big club. He's played a few games for them. And I think he, you sort of you can use hindsight, um, luckily for Twine in that situation. Um and I think MK Dons well, I think MK Dons is a is a clever move for him. It's a good is a good move. I think they're gonna be up there next year. They're slowly sort of building something there. Um and they need they need to be higher than they are, need to be challenging. And I think some of the players will they'll see them sign over the summer. I think like you look at the possibly like Will Griggs going there put on a permanent basis and stuff like that. I think um it's gonna be an interesting year for him there. Um and I wish him all the best. I don't think there's any bad feelings for Swindon fans, but I think if we had stayed up, there was more of a chance to keep him, there's more of a decision for him. But I think going down on top of the ownership thing as well doesn't help. But I, I think even if we I think even if the owners changed and you get off to the higher league and you get off to the higher uh, promotion, any job, you're going to take it and I think it's he needs to take it as, as soon as he can so if he wants to progress sort of, to the championship eventually. And Adam, a, a few of the lads have sort of mentioned it, football is a lot about fit and timing. Do you see MK Dons as the right sort of place for him to be going to? Yeah, I think um, the guys mentioned it earlier as well that if he had gone to a championship side, the chances are he would have been loaned out. I actually think he probably would have been loaned out to a lower level league one side if that had happened and I think he needs that opportunity now to be in the spotlight in league one I mean I know he was because he scored a few goals but he was always kind of overshadowed by the fact that we were fighting for relegation um, I think it's a good move for him obviously personal opinions of MK Don's aside you know he's he's got to think of playing often now he's not he is he's still a young lad but he's not as young as what we all think he is if that makes sense he's for us he, it seems like he's been 17 forever um but um I think it's a really good move for him he's got he's got a wise head on his shoulders um I think I think he'll do well there and like we say they do play nice football regardless of what you think of them as a club um they do play nice football and they should suit him put him up front with or put him behind somebody like Will Grigg who's experienced I think he'll do well and 
I think in two in next season we might be sat here saying he's a championship player, in my opinion. And finally, Craig, is there anything, any additional comments you'd like to, to what the guys have said, or are you just sort of echoing the sentiment now? Yeah, no, I think everyone's pretty much um, spot on there. I mean, at the end of the day, a footballer's career is short, you know, 35 if he's lucky. He's 21, which isn't that young. Like, like um, Adam was saying, he's not as young as we think he is. And he's only recently just broke through into league football this last season. So, I mean, even though I'd rather he didn't go to team franchise, and I'll use the real name, their real name, team franchise, um, <laughs> it's, it's the best move for him. Like, he's, like, like everyone else was saying, he shouldn't go to the championship because he'll just end up being loaned out. And... Um, yeah, he, he. I mean, it's it's just such a, as um, Ned was saying, it's just such a shame we haven't got him. You know, things could have been different if we'd have had different owners in, and even if we were able to keep him in League Two, he'd have torn that league apart. He, he would have done, you, you know. So it, it is a shame, but I think all the best to him. Like I said a, a footballer's career is short, so he's, you know, you know, he, he will he will go from strength to strength, I believe. And like everyone else was saying, I think his next step. After next season, will be the uh, will be the championship. He's you know all the best to him. Just to give the the viewers out there an idea of how well um, we plan these things, we're recording against the backdrop of France v Germany. Um, and just to give you an idea of where we are, Germany have just scored a wonderful own goal to put France one 0 up. I think it was Hummels just rocketed it in from four yards for no obvious reason. Um, we'll keep you updated because you'll obviously be watching it tomorrow when you've all seen the game anyway. But we'll keep you updated. Um, Craig, your teddy must have been in front of mine because you started looking at that before, before it's even happened to mine. I was like, what's he going on about? And I'm just saying, our oh, France have just <laughs> <laughs> uh, Craig, we'll stick with you. Um, let, let's put one eye to the future now. And uh, Swindon did surprise everyone by announcing two signings in one day. Um, the return of Woolacott. Um, we actually have a goalkeeper now, and uh, and Pierre Sweeney also signed. Uh, do either give you that little bit of confidence going into the new year, or is it just a relief to have some people? Mm -hmm. I think we can now name eleven. Well, I, I think it's a combination of both, to be honest, Steve. Um, I think obviously getting in a, a goalkeeper was key after the farce of last season with with the goalkeepers. I mean, with Wallacott, a lot of people were saying, oh, why didn't we sign him on a two-year contract? Well, he did do well in the two games we had, but that's all we've really seen of him. So I think signing him on a one-year contract was the best thing to do. And maybe he'll have like a one-year extension option on his contract. Um, here's Sweeney, he looks quality. I think Exeter fans are absolutely gutted that he's, um, he's come to us. Um, and I think it also tells how McGreal's going to have us playing next season. You know, you're saying he's the best crosser in the league. I've seen some videos of his crosses and they're just amazing. So I also think that gives us a, an insight that we might get a big target man coming in at some point um, to suit that sort of style of play. But um, but yeah, I think, you know, Walcott, he, I think he'll do all right in, um, in League Two. Um, he looked solid in those two games, pulled off a, a couple of cracking saves. And um, Sweeney, he looks he looks a class act, to be fair. So, so yeah, it, it was a surprise, but it was a nice surprise having those two signings. And on that note, um, I've recorded similar versions of these, but an EFL version in the past. And one of the guys who's been kind enough to be involved in that, uh, Kieran, an Exeter fan, I asked him, should I be 
inspired because obviously people aren't normally inspired when you sign a defender. But he said, absolutely, um, solid player, always rated eight out of 10, fantastic signing for this level. So, you know, as you say, fans are generally the best people to ask this kind of thing to. And uh, whenever I get a, a reaction like that to a player we've signed, it does give me that, that little bit of a boost. Um, Ned, what's, what's your thoughts on the two signings we made this week? Oh, no. We signed as a booster. But um, now, um, Joe, I, I, I personally think they're two amazing signings. I mean, I couldn't be any happier with those signings, to be perfectly honest. Um, I mean, as you said, um, as it's been touched upon already, Jojo on a one year was the sensible thing to do. He got injured, as we said, you know, after a couple of games. So is he going to be another one of our, you know, standard injured for 40% of the season type players that we've already got? But um, yeah, honestly, I'm, I'm so happy with those those signings. That's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Couldn't wish for anything better. I, I, I was fully expecting to be complete trash signings, you know, <laughs> Conference South sort of style. Uh, nothing wrong with that level, obviously, but, you know, I, I thought it was going to be trash signings, but yeah, amazing, amazing. And Ben, if there's one thing that's normally labelled at both myself and yourself is that we tend to be overly positive. It looks like in Ned, we've got someone else joining us. Uh, are you equally as ecstatic by the two signings we've made? I'm not ecstatic, but I'm happy. Yeah, I'm more than happy. Um, I, I, like Ned, thought that we would end up with some pretty average players. I thought we'll have a team of academies players starting the season, to be quite honest. I don't think any money at all be invested invested in the team. But um, I think the best way to find out about a new signing is firstly, if they leave a goodbye message to the team they're going, because that means they're well thought of, and their reaction to the players going, they're absolutely gutted, which is only positive, which is only good. And we need someone like him as well. And he can play centre-back, it's like he can play centre-back, or he can play right side of a back three, or he can play right back, which is great. So, yeah, good. But it's a good start. And Woolacott impressed me. He won us the game versus uh, Crew, and he didn't really do anything wrong versus... Um, uh, was it Lincoln? So he did all right. I'm quite happy. He's good with his feet. Good shot stopper. He looked at he looked at home in League One, which means he'll be fine in League Two. So two a good two good signings and I'm pleasantly surprised. So yeah, good stuff. The, uh, the only thing I would be wary of Ben is you going through all the different positions he can play it means you're starting to sound a bit Gareth Southgate, and all the fans will be on your back in no time. Um, Kieran. <laughs> Does, does your uh, does your friend the bear there next to you have any opinions on the, on our signings? It's a rabbit, anyway. A... Oh, I didn't see the ears. Sorry, it's a rabbit. Uh, Bless that rabbit, though. Uh, do you got any opinions on it? No. Um, uh, I, think, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to be getting too excited about them yet. Um, they're a start. They're better than I, I thought we, we were going to be getting in general terms that I, I thought a goalkeeper would come from the national league on a free transfer or minimal fees or would end up with lone goalkeepers again, which obviously didn't go that well this year, last year, obviously they kept either getting recalled or getting injured and going back. And I think it was a little bit ridiculous. Um, we can name with Harry Parsons signing on a professional terms as well. I think we can now name 11 plus a sub. So we're going in the right direction. <laughs> we're not, we're not down to bare 11 just yet. But I think, I think, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think 
if these could be the only two signings that we make and we get too excited about them, I think we're in trouble still. They could be the only sort of two signings we make from a league club. Um, I think we need to hope that hope Pierce and Jojo's injury records aren't, aren't too bad because that's one thing that's let us down with what even good signings over the last year or two. We've, they've, they've just been injury prone and that's why clubs have wanted to get rid of them. But We'll see how they go. I'm not going to get too excited about any signing we make um, in pre-season. We're just going to have to see how it goes in August. But it's a start and, you know, you've got to wonder where the money's come from. <laughs> and, uh, and Adam, obviously, I'm interested in, in your thoughts as well. But on the wider subject, there seems to be an abundance of in-the-know Twitter accounts appeared that are, are always announcing we're signing X, Y and Z. Uh, I'd like your thoughts on that as well, please. Uh, well, uh, let's just start on the on the in the no Twitter accounts. I don't I don't know where they honestly come from. I think um, uh, it's just people trying to have a laugh, or maybe they probably have just looked at the latest bookie odds and uh, have, have, have stacked it up on that way. Um, but the thing is, is the the trick is with Twitter, as many people know, the more you talk about something, the more obviously the more popular it gets in terms of the trending, etc. So. Um, those in the nose then look more reliable because more people are talking about it. So I don't really have a, a massive, especially being involved with grassroots football and hearing all the rumours that go around grassroots football. Um, I tend to wait until it comes from the officials, um, to be fair. Um, in terms of the signings, what the bloody hell are we doing? It's June. We don't make signings in June. Um, <laughs> and we definitely don't make signings of that quality. Um, but... Um, good signings. I agree with Kieran. It's a start more than anything. Um, I, I'm a bit. I was a bit puzzled by the Sweeney one. I'll be honest. Um, I think it's a great signing for us. I'm not too sure of the reasons why he's not at Exeter anymore. Um, that's my only concern. Uh, you know, I think he, he put in his goodbye message that Ben mentioned um, that he, he was something about family and things like that. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's been with Exeter a couple of years now. Um, you know, unless his family live up this way. Um, then I can't see why he would move for that reason or whether they couldn't afford to keep him on. And if they couldn't afford to keep him on, they wanted to spare some, I guess, gap in their wage wage cap. How much of that have we soaked up? That's my only concern is how much of those big wages have we soaked up and damaged our cap before we've, you know, we've made further signings. But it is a very good signing. I'm positive about the signing. Um, Willacott, we needed a goalkeeper. It's nice to get a younger goalkeeper in permanently. Um, I have to say that as opposed to rushing in a 35-year-old towards the end of the transfer period, it's quite nice to have a, a he's quite established. You know, he, he, as I said, he did well for us. Was it one game he played, two games he played? Um, so, but we needed a keeper more than anything. And you might as well get somebody in who knows the area, who knows the club a little bit already. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy with the signings, uh, but we do need several more. Um, and a, a special shout out to Parsons as well. I'm really chuffed with that, but I think we're talking about that later. Well, yeah, I mean, I was just literally about to say you and Kieran jumped the gun slightly. So I'll go straight over to Ben. Harry Parsons signed his first pro deal. Obviously, great news for him and someone else that the fans can sort of take to as one of our own. Well, there was Nathan Thompson, there was Scott Twine, and now there's Harry Parsons. Uh, yeah, another one of our own. He's come through. Uh, I suspect that he will probably get loaned out probably to Chippenham at some point and have a season away because he's got quite a long contract. I'd be surprised if he breaks in the first team in this regular this season. I think the lad needs games. He needs beefing up. He needs sharpness. 
So he we probably will. Got then, fighters, though, ben. Well, I'm talking about in August, <laughs> August, September. But yeah, no, he'll stay with us during the uh, duration of um, of pre-season. But I suspect at some point in the season, because loan, non-league teams can loan throughout the season, they'll end up on non-league side um, getting some important match practice. I think possibly next season, maybe even the season after, we'll probably see him getting a run of games in the first team. But he's prolific in the academy team. Um, I made up that he's got a long contract and I hope he's a success. I've not seen him play personally, but he, uh, what I've read up him and what I have seen in clips, he's good. So, yeah, good, good. It's good to have one of our own. And, and that's, the, that's the point, isn't it, Craig? Through, throughout, you know, any football team anywhere in the country, fans want to see homegrown players coming through, don't they? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and normally with us, we're selling our best assets before they've even signed a youth contract. So this this makes a nice change. Um, you know, with with Scott Twine, we've seen that if you're given a chance, you can make it. We, you know, more often than not, I've I've had the argument so often on on social media. So like, give our youth players a chance. You know, we we go through so many players each season. Um, like, uh, the season we won the uh, League Two, we went through 35 players. Last season, 40 plus. You know, surely um, giving some of our youth players a chance in, instead of bringing in, um, you know, God knows who, who else. Peter yeah. Curran. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, don't, yeah. You've opened a can of worms there, Ned. <laughs> but yeah, you know, but it's, it's always a good thing to have him signed on. I, I think it depends on how many players we get in, whether he'll be loaned out or not by August. Um, if we're struggling, they won't, uh, well, you'd like to think that we won't loan him out and he'll be on the periphery of the squad. Um, obviously, for his development, it might be best for him to go out on loan at Chippenham. It didn't do Scott Twine any harm. So, um, so yeah, but obviously, it's, it's great news. We've got him on a three-year contract as well. So, if he does come good and a bigger club comes in for him, at least we can get some, some money back for our investment. And, Kieran, I'm, I'm surmising, obviously, that you are probably the youngest of all of us here. Um does it still mean as much to, to younger fans to see young players coming through? Yeah, I think it's always great to see lads that have sort of grown up around the area and get their chance in the team. I think I think I was really pleased for Twine because uh, I know through like people I know from Bassett. And so I was really pleased he finally got his chance. I, I, it's, yeah, I always like it when, when we, any sort of player that's been on our youth team do get a chance. It's even... I know we've, got, we've sort of we've been sort of starved of it over the years. It's been, it'd be nice to have a real cult hero come that's come through the ranks. That's been there for under eights. Really does care about the club and see them flourish with the club. And hopefully, with, with things that go on, hopefully that happens and we can make it rise up the leagues. And he's going to be a part of that. Obviously, this is a start. It's his first professional contract. And um, so, obviously, yeah, imagine he'll go alone to a, a local non-league side. But, yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can bring. He's done some quality stuff. You've seen some of the clips, like the FA Youth Cup games and some of the, some of the academy games. And I know it's different kettle of fish going into, um, going into men's football. But if you've, got, if you've got that ability there, you can certainly bring it into men's football, as, as sort of like Scott Twain's proved. Um, and I think it was a shame we didn't sort of stay up last year because you have Parsons and Squad uh, Twine in the squad. It'd have been nice to have two sort of homegrown players that have got a real chance of progressing with the club. 
And then looking at the bigger picture with regard to younger players coming through, and I'm not suggesting, you know, Gary Neville, Harry Kane, sort of one club men kind of thing, but do you see any chance, if, if things go our way in terms of ownership, possible promotion straight back, etc., do you see a chance that Parsons, for example, could be the sort of guy that comes through and spends maybe seven, eight years with us, as opposed to one, possibly two, and then being shipped off to the highest bidder? I mean, I don't see why not. Um, um, Clem's said about um, investing into the youth and everything else, so I, I don't see why we can't have, we, you know, I don't see why we can't have that. Um, I think it's more likely in the lower leagues, you know, as long as the player's not an absolute superstar, I think in the lower leagues, you're more likely to um, stick around at your local club. Um, I, I think that's more likely rather than, uh, you know, divisions above. I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if there's any practical theory behind that thinking or not, but you've got team around you the same wages you know you've got an affiliation to that club um you've grown up there you've, your, your family's there i mean like i you know there's no reason why um you know the the youth players can stay around for many years the songs there in and around the squad um but um i mean the, the, just um going back to what you was asking kieran just a few moments ago um i think um you know one of the nice things about you know, the, the players coming from youth and being from the local area is that, you know, there's so many people have got stories about, oh, I, you know, I grew up with his dad and, you know, I keep the ball down the park with, you know, when he, when he was 10 years old and all this sort of stuff. Um, I, I, and it's just magical, isn't it? I, I, I just really hope that, you know, we can start to invest more in the youth and we have more young players coming through. But it's such a shame, such a shame that, you know, the state of the club, we just binned off all our youth when we, I didn't, I, I really don't think that we need to at the end of the season. I mean, that's still, it's really hitting nerve there. And uh, I'm pleased to say, as, as I glance to my right and another clip of Kylian Mbappe jogging his way to the corner flag, uh, jogging his way into the chat is, uh, is a version of Mbappe. Hello, Rich. Hi then, guys. You're right. Yeah, very well, thank you. Nicely timed, looking fresh. <laughs> Cheers, lads. <laughs> How was the gym? Had to, had to get the, had to get the session, didn't I? Come <laughs> from his yeah. missus by the looks of things. <laughs> Not yet, mate. <laughs> um, you've oh, joined at quite an apt time, really, because we're moving on. In fact, before, before that, I know you're a, generally a big advocate during these conversations of the, the youth system stuff. We were just discussing no part and signing contracts. Is there anything you want to throw into the mix before we move on to the next topic? Oh, me? Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I have no idea. Sorry, wrong, wrong. Sorry lads. I'm a Red Bull, mate. I, 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 missed, I missed the first bit of that, so... I yeah, sorry, lads. I'll tell you what, you don't get this on the low strangers. No. <laughs> <laughs> heavily edited, mate. Heavily edited. <laughs> so, uh, Rich, what I was asking was, before we move on to the next topic, as our usual advocate for the youth team and the youth setup at Swindon Town, 
Would you like to add anything about Parsons signing a contract? Right. Sorry, I missed I missed the name there. Sorry. Um, no, I'm I'm so happy that uh, Parsons has uh, signed the contract. You know, I think um, I spoke to a few people about about this, and um, we were thinking actually, is he actually going to sign it? I mean. I know a few people that actually know Harry Parsons, um, so that he's, he's a good lad. In fact, um, one of the coaches I work uh, coach with that uh, Wombra, um, his his son's actually uh, in the youth setup at the moment, and uh, apparently has had some a lot of advice off of Harry and keeps in touch with him. So um, I think to be part of the first team and hopefully that he's still an advocate for the youth setup as well to help the young ones uh, follow his footsteps and sign that pro contract. I think it's an encouraging step for, uh, for the youth coming in. And obviously with Scott Twine, obviously just going uh, to MK Dons, there is real progression. There is a shame that we didn't keep hold of Twine, but I think we all, I think we all sort of had a, had a hunch that uh, he was going to move on in the end, but um, no, hopefully he gets the, um, uh, chance next season. I think it's a good league for him to uh, maybe make a few sub appearances at first, and then uh, maybe make his claim, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, get that starting starting lineup every week. You know. Now, as we move on to the next topic, it's it's worth noting to anyone who's unaware of of how this all comes about. We have a group chat that we're all part of. We talk all things Swindon Town and, and others. Uh, Craig's become a, a dab hand at creating videos to make us laugh, uh, things like that. Everyone on and, the way tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that, that was excellent today was that Rich was essentially reporting live from the courtroom what was happening. However, his verdict of what happened was completely different to every other outlet's version of what happened. So yeah. if you can explain to us in your terms what you think happened, and then the rest of us will discuss what's <laughs> actually been said to have happened. So actually, I, I actually know a lot what has actually happened now. So I have I have uh, clarified with a lot of uh, that has been put out. Um, let I'd just be clear that today's hearing went on from half 10 this morning till six o'clock. So there was a lot discussed. And uh, I think there was a lot. Uh, uh, one of my other mates was actually listening to it as well. And we were discussing this uh, all, all the way through. Um, by the time of like half five, quarter six, when the actual, uh, when the adjournment actually happened and when he actually gave the rule in, uh, I actually all thought it was going to be all doom and gloom. But prior to this, obviously, uh, when regarding the shares, that the fact that um, Axis had actually claimed or were given permission to actually buy the shares off of power, um, I actually thought, oh, there was some hope there. But then the fact that the um, judge actually ruled that he wasn't going to let the sale of the club happen today, I actually just jumped to conclusions and I actually thought that was the worst thing for us. So, um, and I think it was a little bit of disappointment. I spent all my day literally um, watching and listening to this and for that ruling to actually put it down on everything. So um, it was a bit of a shame, uh, but now looking back at 
the um, trusts notes and everything like that. In fact, actually, we're in a very, very positive position. And hopefully now, um, the fact that hopefully the next couple of hearings that happen pre-trial, um, we actually get a successful um, uh, deal out of this, you know, and hopefully Clem, the ball's in our court now. And you know what? I think we've got the right representatives uh, for Clem to actually uh, strike a deal and uh, claim um, hold of this club. Craig? Yeah, I think, um, so I'm just going by what the trust um, re release. What they're saying is that the court aren't going to force Lee Power to sell his shares, but they're giving him the opportunity to, vo to do it voluntary first. And then if he doesn't, then they will have to um, in enforce it. So I think it's only a matter of time before he does. But again, you, as we saw, I saw some of it today, I mean, fair play to Rich for watching all that because... Most of it was going over my head and it was just like, like I was saying on, on the chat earlier, you can tell why solicitors earn all this money and everything. God, can't they argue? Yeah. Um, but it, it was clear that Powers' um, uh, lawyer, uh, solicitor, was um, trying to delay and delay and delay and, and put off as much as possible to just um, keep things going as long as possible until September when the main court case comes up. So I think it, it was better news than what, what we thought um, mm. initially. Um, we just got a hope that um, Lee Power does voluntary um, transfer the shares over, but I bet you he doesn't and the court will have to enforce it. That's just my opinion anyway. I, I, yeah, I, I agree, Greg. I can't see it happening, to be quite honest with you. I think, um, and also I think the representative that is actually uh, representing Lee Power, I, I Honestly, I'll tell you what, she was repeating and repeating and repeating herself today. And, you know, she just she just wasn't getting anywhere and there was nothing. And do you know what? Um, Colin West, who's actually representing Clem Morfuni, uh, fair play to him, smelt the bullshit straight away. Um, and, you know, with, um, his case and uh, his sides and everything, all the evidence that he's currently got. Do you know what? We, we, we've got the best representative uh looking after him and I, I i'm confident that at the next hearing we might finally get something out of this well in the grid where i can see everyone i'm guessing kieran has potentially seen the same tweet i have because he was miming a particular chant which was aimed at the qc uh sort of defending us if you like um and when in, in every great story there needs to be a superhero and uh QC West seems to be that hero, doesn't? Is is do you believe? Yeah, Kieran, I think. So. Oh, God. oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, I'm hoping. He, I'm hoping he's the man that's sort of coming in to save the day. Oh, Colin West, Barmy Army. Um, but yeah, I think from what I gather from it, it seems we're in the most positive position we've been in since since all this started. Um, I think it's looking like it's edging ever closer and it could it could happen at any time now if, if Mr Power does 
decide to voluntarily sell the shares. And I don't know, uh, to be I don't know why he wouldn't. He's going to get 170k a year potentially. Sure. And he's not got to put any more money into the club. So I, I don't know if I was him, I don't know why, why you wouldn't take, why you wouldn't get rid of him now. But um, it seems to be able or off of the table at the moment, whether obviously that, that they could come back in the other area, but it's nice that they weren't sort of mentioned. It looks like it is going to be, a straight shootout between between Power and Clem. Obviously, we know where the, hopefully the grass is greener with Clem, just out of Power's hands. And hopefully, he does a sensible thing, gets gets rid of the club before they need to go back to another hearing. But I think obviously, in the next couple of weeks, there'll be another hearing, and we should be a lot more clear. And hopefully, that this is the end of this drawn out process, and we we can go into the season and still have some transfer window left with a new owner. And Adam, I, mean, you I, want to I, I was just going to. Oh, sorry, Fife. I was literally just going to say, Kieran, uh, it, c- it can't get any worse with Clem, really. I mean, if we stick with power, we're going to go insolvent anyway. So, um, but Best yeah, time. sorry. J- just had to uh, step in there. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Adam, you wanted to jump in at that point as well? Yeah, I think um, I, I quite like the QC Colin West reference. Um, uh, working for a law firm, um, as I do, <laughs> um, in terms of Colin West QC. I mean, when he was in the original um, hearing that everybody was invited to that sent explicit images into, um, I, you know, I did a little bit of, uh, you know, chatting around because they all talk to each other, lawyers, etc. Um, and he is one of the best. Um, so I, I, I've pretty much had confidence in him from the off. It's a case for me now. It's a case of when, not if. Um, I would probably say that by the middle of July, we'll have new owners. Um, you know, just because I just think that Kieran's made a pretty good point in terms of he might as well sell up now so he doesn't have to continue funding the club. But um, the hold up on the force in the sale is whether he can afford to run the club. Um, and he's got to prove that. Now, the one thing that I don't think has been clear at all so far is what is established as being able to afford to run the club. Is it a case of just paying the wages of the players we've got there? Is it the case of being able to run the club operationally, i.e. paying the bills? Um, you know, what there's no, for me, there's not been any clarification as to mm. how they're getting that parameter as to what's affordable. Mm. Because mm. That, that, is, that is one thing they did discuss today, Woody, and uh, oh, was that, that was something that they were uh, basically inconclusive, basically. They, yeah, exactly, exactly. They so if, either, if, you, so. if you look at, we're probably a lot more expensive to run than someone like Barrow. Um, even even before we even touch player wages, we're probably more expensive. Um, or, even, so, or even Woody Waterford, the club that yeah, yeah uh, and obviously just sold. yeah, and he sold his shares in Waterford, and they were having troubles anyway. But it's I I I'm I'm very confident now. I think Power will. I mean, obviously, this lawyer that he's got probably isn't very good. Or if she is, she wow. might be good. She, but she's apparently one of the best in her field. Apparently, she's so busy that she can't even. She's got hardly any dates in her calendar. Okay, well, if she's <laughs> so is he, but, sorry, sorry, uh, just just it. from what just from what you know, it sounds like she was unprepared <laughs> and all of this kind of stuff. Um, I don't even think it was a female, uh, and I mean this in the nicest respect, no disrespect to females, but it wasn't a female there before. I believe it was a male representative. So he's obviously has he changed lawyers halfway through this process um, as well? Because I'm sure there was another guy representing him on that original court hearing that we had. In that there, back in there, the, uh... there was another. I I thought the judge had changed. I didn't. I don't think the representatives oh, have changed. I think the judge might have changed. 
Uh, okay, okay, but um, but there was definitely it was definitely Colin West QC and another another guy at that first hearing. You know, the one with the uh, funny images. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, whether he they might have been just representatives of the law firm as opposed to um, thinking. But yeah, I'm I'm confident. I think we'll, he'll sell up very soon. Um, Ned, just one last point before we move on. Um, we've been doing these now. I I don't know, lads, six months, something like that. Probably, uh, definitely. Well, definitely since January because we did one around my birthday and around the the Ipswich game. So definitely be doing it six months plus. Um, so we've all sort of had our say on, on the ownership and where we stand, etc. Um, to to you, what would it mean to have new owners? I mean that there are still some who who rate power. Maybe you're one of them, and and that's absolutely fine. But we're generally not um, within the group. Where, where do you stand on the subject? Don't, don't put me in that category, Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. If I hate online, I'd get, my God. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it, it's just the to to secure the future of the club, essentially, isn't it? So um, that's that's what it means to change the owners. Um, the one thing I don't really understand, you know, what, you know, why doesn't he just say, if he's got to do it, why didn't he just do it now? You know, why is he holding on to September? Is there yeah. some, you know, surely if it's a case of there's something that he wants to sign over to himself or something along, you know, something dodgy, he's not going to be able to do that because, you know, anyone leaving a company, you know, in when you hand your notice over, if, you, if you're if you in charge of, um, you know, uh, lots of, what's that, I can't think of the word, you know, possessions that are owned by the club, um, you wouldn't be allowed to just get rid of it you know, loads of stuff or sign stuff over to your name in that sort of notice period. You know, you would, you know, if you if you were held on to like a laptop for a for a bank, you would have to give that laptop back in your, you know, in your last two months of employment, you know, however long your notice period is. I don't really understand. Yeah. You know, why I, I, I think um, I think that's one other thing they're trying to establish as well is because Power has always said, he says, I can keep the club afloat till September. But if obviously it goes to trial, who wins his case and he doesn't transfer the funds over to Axis, is he still going to put money into the club? Is he still going to be in charge of Swindon Town? And as far as we're concerned, uh, he still says he's going to, even though he said back in March, he's not willing to put any money into the club. The club's going to be insolvent. And then last month, he's completely changed his mind again uh, and said, oh, actually, I can keep this club afloat etc 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 it it's so conflicting every everything that he has said has just been so conflicting over i've watched i think the three three of these hearings now and every single one power has changed his mind either about where the club uh, club's position is or his position in the actual ownership of the club i mean i think he's such a liar oh yeah he's I it's absolute Bollocks. Bullshit. I mean, with, with, with the greatest of respect, and I don't mean to sound horrible, I have got children in my house, so I have to sit relatively quietly. <laughs> oh. But with the, you know, with the greatest of respect, just fuck off. You know, please <laughs> just fuck off. Leave us alone. You know, we don't want you here. It sounds like you don't want to be here anymore. So just go. Just go. Just cut your ties. Go and live, on the, live in Switzerland or wherever it is that you live and ha have a happy existence like every human wants. It's, it it looks, like got, looks like we've got Christian Mark too. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's right, um, though. It get... No, no, carry on, Ben. Carry on. It, no, it, it, it gets the point where... He's he's, he's he's got no he, he's got no option really. He can't stay on at Swindon. The phones won't come back. We'll never accept it. There's no coming back from from, from at Swindon, and he's going to lose the club. He is going to, after today was a massive day in the future of the club in which was going. The pendulum has swung majorly in Clem's way. You cannot see it going against him now. He is it, it's almost certain that he is going to be our owner bar some sort of major event that we don't know about or something coming out of the woodwork that we don't know about he's going to be owner within the next couple of months so surely dragging us out is costing him more money surely it's just make the call and just make the deal no stubborn fool just make the deal then it's good for him it's good for the club he can get on with his life and then the club can move on and heal it's going to well, happen. Just a matter of time. That, it sounds so simple, doesn't it, Ben? It sounds so mm. simple. I wish it was just simple and Lee Powers head. Yeah. 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 It's just well, madness. But... Ladies and gentlemen uh, watching, because obviously it's only gentlemen here at the moment. Ladies, welcome. If you want to come and share an opinion on a future episode. Uh, it's time for the main mm. event, which I know particularly Kieran has been looking forward to in the group chat. Um, I set you a challenge for this episode um, ahead of Friday's massive England v Scotland Euro 2020 game. And, um, I mean, Kieran and Rich almost certainly won't remember possibly looking at Rich not even being alive. Um, but today, is, today is the 25th anniversary. It's 25th? Yeah, 25th anniversary yeah. of England v Scotland in Euro 96 as well. It was less than a month, less than a month old. <laughs> less than a month old, excellent news. I um, wasn't born from the October, so not even... I was 16. <laughs> I was six. <laughs> I was 16. Um, so let's just briefly, obviously this is primarily a, a Swindon Town forum, but let's just briefly end. I set you a challenge of coming up with a combined England-Scotland 11 of... The only rules were it had to be a realistic formation, which I'm worried what Kieran's come up with because he said, wait till you see the formation. <laughs> um, and you had to have seen them play. We're pretty much the only two... Oh, no. And there had to be five from one country, six from the other, um, which I know caused a lot of debate and I know I mean I changed mine three times I think Kieran changed his every hour for the last five days um, but before we get into that uh, let's just talk Euros and, and England v Scotland um, for me personally I thought England controlled the game against uh, Croatia they weren't a joy to watch you know we're, we're, we're a lot more talented than we showed, but I felt we had a certain level of control. Um, deserved the win, definitely. Um, I thought Harry Kane was particularly quiet, whereas I thought Phillips was was excellent. And and I was pleased with Pyro Mings as well, um, who'd been getting a lot of uh, a lot of crap online about not even deserving being in the squad. And for me, he was the best defender on the pitch. Um, as for Scotland, I had a half day yesterday, set up my telly in the garden. Um, and 
everyone's looking at the results thinking they were really bad. I think genuinely they were unlucky. I mean, the second goal's unbelievable um, for me. I, I, I do have to question why the goalkeeper's that far off his line. Um, but the finish is, is superb. And the amount of chance, or, or at least half chance, that Scotland created, they could have had four or five on another day themselves. But I think England should and probably will win Friday night. The only concern mm-hmm. I would have is if we can't match Scotland's intensity. That'll be that'll be the main thing for me. Um, before we do the 11s, I'll just go around to, to all of you and ask your opinion on the Euros in general and obviously England, Scotland, and for the, those slightly older than, than Kieran and Rich, if you want to discuss the Euro 96 game as well, you're more than welcome. I'll go in the order you are on the screen. So, Ned, you're up first. Yeah, love the Euros. I've been buzzing for this tournament. I've put on the group chat. I'm just absolutely buzzing for it. You know, the la- you know the year that we had, year and a half that we've just had, this is like the perfect tonic for me. Um, it's just a shame that you know, we can't sort of gather in huge um, clusters of people to uh, enjoy it all together. But, you know, we'll get there eventually. And that's a whole other subject we won't get into right now. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I love the Euros. I, in fact, rate the Euros higher than the World Cup, if I'm completely honest, because, uh, you know, you always get the trash teams in the World Cup. But in the Euros... Trash teams like Brazil and Argentina. <laughs> when they always get the... Qatar and <laughs> you know um, the the rubbishy ones, you know the African ones. I mean, they're usually quite rubbish as well, let's be honest. But um, um, yeah, the Euro is always full of good teams. You know, I really rate that. You know, the Polish and the Slovakians are, you know, on, on paper actually quite good. You know, all the teams in our group are absolutely fantastic. I mean, you, you think um, you look at the Croatia lineup, you look at the Czech Republic lineup. They're all fan- absolutely fantastic players, and they're one of the worst teams in the, the whole tournament. So. Um, yeah, I, I love the Euros. I think England have got such an amazing forward, you know, um, set of forwards. You know, the, the midfield is the best I've ever seen. Um, it's just the potentially the defence, which is, uh, you know, will be under scrutiny in the later stages of the tournament, I'm sure. But, you know, I'm absolutely buzzing, absolutely buzzing for this. And, I, I, you know, I'm not saying it's coming home, but, you know, I think Hello. we've got a great chance. Come on, Craig. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've <laughs> sort of generally with um, with with football in the last year, I haven't been too fast. Even with Swindon, up until we played Oxford, and I actually that was the first game I watched on on iFollow. It actually sort of g'd me up to want to start watching Swindon properly again, and and unfortunately that was the highlight of the season, and. Um, it was it was similar for for the Euros. I only it was only until um, Adam shared on um, on on um, on I think on on Facebook the um, the Vindaloo two video, and I watched that, and then all of a sudden I'm like the day before I'm buzzing, you know. Mm. So so yeah, it, it was great yesterday. I, I'm, that Saturday morning, I woke up and I was singing the songs. I had my spot Spotify playlist, which I sent out to you guys. And, yeah. and that was it. That was all I was doing all afternoon. Two o'clock in the afternoon couldn't come soon enough for me. Um, and what a game it was, you know. It was, it was a little bit frustrating that we didn't go in a goal up. And then you're sort of thinking, oh, why do I get so emotionally involved in this? You know, because how many times, you know, like with Swindon, you know, England normally always let you down. And um, fortunately, they, well, it wasn't even fortunate because we deserved the win. They played really well. We've got a really good, young, talented 
um, squad there. And um, I think we could, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but we could, we've got a really good job of going far. I was going to say all the way, but I'll say we've got a good chance of going far in this, in this tournament. And um, I think Scotland, the Scotland game is going to be tricky. I think the, um, I think 2-0 again, um, against the Czech Republic, it flattered the Czechs, to be honest. Um, I think Scotland were a lot better. I think Friday's going to be more, not more about ability, but how the, um, each team is mentally prepared for the game. So obviously the, the Scottish players, they're going to be reeling from that, getting hammered, well, not hammered, but getting beat at home their first tournament game since, I think, 96 it was. Um, they're, they're going, it's, it'll be interesting to see how they react to that and how our young players, our young inexperienced players, um, approach it themselves off the back of a win. So I, I think it's going to be a very close game. I think we'll win again 1-0. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's just going to be another great day and hopefully with an England win. And I presume you, uh, you have fond memories of the dentist chair, Gaza flicking the ball over, Hendry, etc.? Oh yeah, uh, it was great. I mean, I was watching it at home. I was too young to be in the pub at the time, but oh, it was, it, it was just absolutely brilliant. And because it was against Scotland as well at Wembley, football's coming home and all that. And, and obviously, it hasn't been the case with this England team. But you have to remember, remember for those of us that are old like me and Ned, um, <laughs> a lot of, the England squad were getting a lot of grief in the press running up to that. They did. They they were getting. I mean, it's, it's only. Until Recently, I think the media sort of backed off of giving the, the England um, England squad a hard time, but they were they were they were really relentless against them. So you know, fair play to to the dentist chair. That was the perfect response from Gaza and the England team against the press. Uh, Adam, I think we're going to spank them four nil. No, no. If we look at the Croatia game first of all, I guess. Um, we forget, I think someone actually said something that made perfect sense to me. I think we forget that sometimes Croatia were World Cup finalists in the last major tournament. Um, you know, and but without looking too much into that, they're also an aging side. Um, and you could see that, that they were quite slow. Um, but we played very well, I thought. Um, Phillips was a whole different level. Um, I think he was a massive surprise package. I don't think even the majority of England fans probably would have expected him to come off the bench, let alone start. Um, and I thought him and Rice complemented each other quite well um, in there. I agree with your point you said earlier about Kane. He was a little bit quiet, but he was kind of playing his game that he does play sometimes where he'll drop in. The one thing that I was, funny enough, literally probably seconds before Sterling scored, um, apart from saying that I thought he should go off because I thought he was our worst player on the day, um, the... Um, was that I said the problem is when Kane was dropping in, Sterling and um, Foden on the Foden. right, yeah, weren't moving in, and that, and that's what you need when Kane drops in. You need one of those two to get in that striker's role, and then naturally, what happened? Sterling drops into that striker's role, and then and then scores, uh, albeit with a you know a little bit of luck along the way. But we deserve the win. Um, the you know the Croatians will probably would have been one of the favourites to win the group. Um, you know, but I said before this tournament, I said I thought we were going to go a little bit. We need to completely outscore the opposition. We're going to concede goals. So I was well impressed when we kept a clean sheet. You know, Mings, I questioned why he was even in the squad, let alone in the first starting lineup. Um, and he did really well. Um, but then looking ahead to this Friday, 
thing is with Scotland, they're a bit like us a few England a few years ago. They've got four or five absolute world beaters, really, in terms of their positions. Um, well, I'm just walking in the background. Um, um, you know, with the likes of Robertson, McTominay, all really strong players. But I just think the rest of them aren't going to be strong enough. And I think I think we will win quite convincingly on um, on Friday. Kieran, you all over the Euros? Oh, yeah, well, I've got it on in the background here. And I'm just wondering what the Germans are doing playing at the back like they are. But I think they're going to concede another one here soon. But, yeah, no, I, I, love, I, I love the summer when any tournament in the summer. Like, it's always just good to have football on telly every day majority for, for quite a few weeks and force it down everyone's throats for, for a little while. You know, sneaky getting on laptops at work and as it was yesterday on the dual screen, the bottom one, <laughs> the Scotland game on it. Um, but yeah, I th- I, in terms of England, I think we've got a good chance again. Obviously, we've got, I think we get, did get to a semi-final in the last tournament. We've got a similar sort of squad. A lot of them have experience of going far in tournaments. Um, it's not going to be easy. Um, I'm not going to say we had quite a, we had quite an easy run with sort of Sweden in, in, the, in 2018. Uh, Colombia was a tough game. But I think I think we've got we've got a good chance. I think we need to get past Friday. I think it's going to be the toughest game of the group for us. And I don't think it's necessary in terms of the players that we're going to be facing. As Woody said, that we've got they've got four or five absolute world beaters. But they've I think the worst thing that could have happened for us was Scotland maybe losing mm-hmm. on Monday. They've now got to go to Wembley and want a point to prove, and they're gonna they're gonna be fired up for it. I think they need to, they want to get a win, and who better would to get their, your first tournament win in your first tournament in twenty three years than beating than beating England at Wembley? Um, but you know, I I think I think we I think we'll edge it on ability as as being the better side, and I think we'll be up for it just as much as they are because I think there's there's that sort of hope with us, but there's not that pressure that was like I remember when sort of twenty tens and years before that there's always that pressure that it was the golden generation that this is the chance we're going to do it we've got to do it this time. Since the twenty eighteen World Cup there wasn't even that there with a bit of a surprise of how far we went, and I think this this year sort of met with the same sort of trepidation that we might. Not whether we're not necessarily a full package of a squad yet, we're still probably a year or two away from another tournament away from being sort of considered favourites up there. But you know, I think get past Friday and sort of the group's in our hands then. And an ideal result would be Croatia to uh, beat the Czech Republic and then we're sort of guaranteed to go through almost if, if we weren't already. And uh, Ben, when it comes to Friday, it's the team with 25 right backs against the team seemingly with 25 left backs. Uh, I don't think there's a, a doubt that Tierney will be fit for the England game. Oh yeah, of course he will. Scotland will be um, will be well up for this. This is their World Cup final. You know they they don't mind if they lose and go out the group stages. If they beat England, the tournament's been a success for them. Um, I think England will need to go out. I think they need to match their intensity. But I think if we do that, man for man, we're a better squad. And in the end of the day, I think we'll turn them over. Scott, if we start well. Um, and Scotland start badly. If we get an early one, we could run through and it could end very badly for the Scots. Um, but yeah, I think the England's wide chances wise in this tournament, I think one of the best things that could happen to them was pushing back the tournament for a year because they're a very young squad. And since then, a lot of the young Chelsea lads won a Champions League. Um, they've gone far, you know, gone far. A lot of the English clubs have gone far in Europe this season and they've matured a year. Foden's benefit, benefited from pushing the year back. So I think England's chances have grown dramatically from pushing back a year. Uh, uh, it, 
it worries me who we're going to get in the quarterfinals when we qualify. So I think we will. Um, but um, I think we've got a good chance this year. I think it's a good team. We have got, um, we, we are, we're vulnerable at the back, but winning the first game 1 0, massive confidence, fella. Massive confidence. Fella. So, yeah, I'm quite confident. And uh, Rich, as a neutral, given that you you don't have a country in the tournament, are you able to enjoy the Euros? Yeah, of course. I think uh, whenever there's football on, you just got to enjoy it, you got to embrace it. You see some of the best players in the, in the world uh, playing at this tournament. Uh, as of right now, Germany versus France. I mean, what better spectacle? Do you know what I mean? Um, I mean, just um, and I and I think well, you get to enjoy. Uh, Especially like the the Netherlands game the other day uh, against Ukraine. What a game that was! Uh, it, was it was goals galore. I know at halftime it was like, but uh, I remember I texted one of my group chats basically saying, oh, "There's going to be there's going to be a couple of goals in this." Cool. I was actually wrong. There was a few goals that. So uh, the thing is, the thing is, Rich, for every Holland v Ukraine, there's also a Spain v Sweden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, I think obviously the, it was very criticised yesterday about Spain and Sweden, and rightfully so. But I think the fact that the game was end to end, and obviously both teams having their chance. Both teams. I mean, everybody that we probably know is a neutral. So um, watching that and being on the edge of our seats, thinking that there's going to be a goal. Some reason or other, somebody skies it, you know. Uh, but it's great to watch, you know. It's great football, and um, yeah, it's fantastic to watch. I mean, with my uh, thoughts on England, you know. I mean, of course, I want them to do well, um, and uh, I want them to get far. Uh, and looking to the game on Friday, I think England will absolutely spank Scotland. I watched the game mm. yesterday. Scotland were in control, but. Will they do that against England? Not, not with the formation they play. Uh, they'll be so far exposed. I, I think England will, with the pace that they've got up top. Um, if Kane stops getting in so deep uh, and getting into the right positions, I, I, th- I think he'll, I think he'll bag a couple. And I don't just mean penalties. <laughs> well, it, there's a, a fair amount of confidence amongst you. Let's see how confident you are with your teams. I'm happy to put my neck on the block first. Um, when I was picking my team, I tried not to just go for the obvious players as such. I tried to do it realistically within a formation and who I think would work, but there are a couple of, of obvious names thrown in. And I believe technically I've got five English, five Scottish and one that's both. So, so I think, although as I was doing my, my little bit of research into it, I found just like the majority of Scottish players that I've seen play for, for Swindon are actually like born in Liverpool and Portsmouth and, you know, places like this, but, but somehow end up representing, representing Scotland. But here we go. So I've gone for a 3 4 3 formation. Um, I've gone with. Fodringham in goal, representing England. Uh, my back three is two Scotsmen and one Englishman. I've got Sean Morrison um, alongside Gordon Greer and Jay McEverley. Um, 
my four across midfield from right to left, I've gone Burn, Easton, Gladwin and Ritchie. Uh, with my three up front, Austin, Parkin and everyone's favourite Swindon striker of the last mm, two decades, Blair Sturrock, making up the <laughs> Scottish people. <laughs> Blessed, you pissed. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? you pissed? It's fishy when you pick that shirt out. Blessed, I, I, I've, written down, I've written down. <laughs> the first name I had written down was Lee Peacock, and I thought so many people are going to pick Lee Peacock. I have to pick someone different. Blessed, I reckon. Yes, that is my. That is Who's my. The manager, he got a game because of his dad. It's <laughs> uh, uh, gone, Ben. I will. I will go with you next because I don't believe Rich. Am I right? Thinking you haven't got a team assembled? Is that correct? I've got one in my head. You got uh, one in your head. Okay, I'll come to you at the end, uh, Ben. Oh, let's go say, with your... yeah, well, I've got it in my head. <laughs> let's go with your team, Ben. Okay, in goal, I've got Fraser Digby. Some old school, probably one of the best goalkeepers we've ever had. Uh, right back. Caddis, oh four four two. I've gone by the way. No left back. I struggled with a left back as well, Ben. I've gone four four two. Left back. No, I struggled with find a decent left back that's been Scottish or English. I actually went for the nutter Sol Davis himself. <laughs> so I plumped for in the end. So he went off to have a be- decent career, but it was absolute fruit loop. And I enjoyed Sol Davis when he played. Uh, the two centre backs. You couldn't go much further. Look further. Colin Coldwood, fantastic centre back. Went on played. Premier League, Scotland, played for Scotland in a major tournament, France 98, I think. Brilliant. Sean Taylor, club legend, has to pick him. On the right wing, Scottish, I've gone Matt Ritchie, who will work with uh, Caddis. Cut on the left side and Caddis can overlap on the right. Sent midfield. Uh, it was I've obvious, gone... Ben. You're obvious, though. That's too obvious. It is obvious, I know, but I wrote this down whilst I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> Centre midfield, I've gone Simon Ferry. We all look a bit Simon Ferry, box-to-box midfielder, works hard. Uh, next to him, Glenn Hoddle, obviously, another obvious one. And to the left left wing, I've got Wally Walters, class player, either foot, amazing. Just, you know, we, we saw him towards the back end of his career when his career was in the decline slightly, but he was a class above, class above. Up front, Charlie Austin, obviously. And next to him, as you said earlier, we're all probably going to pick him, Lee Peacock, the coach himself. Um, yeah, so that's my 11. All right, I'll do all right. Good. That's a very, very good 11. And it didn't get, I mean, I'll be honest, it didn't get the reaction mine got. I think people prefer my team. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah your, your 11's amazing. Your 11's amazing. And any 11 with Blair Starrick in is absolutely outstanding. Um. Um, actually, I want to save Kieran till the end because I know he's worked so hard. We were we were joking about it off air that he's got a starting lineup. He's got subs. He's got a manager. I just realised I've got to take one of my subs out because he's not even English or Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking forgot Simon Cox is Irish. Is technically he plays for Ireland. <laughs> he was in my starting lineup. He's one that I've had to take out. Going, oh, really big loss. He wasn't even fucking should have even been in there. So I've got to oh, change the sub. Next up, I'm going to ask Adam, what's your combined England-Scotland 11, please? 
so I've I've gone with my favourite posi- uh, formation in terms of when, with my teams as well, which is four three three. Um, now I will add that there's going to be some names in there that you go, well, why hasn't he included him? Um, I never saw Hoddle play, and I never saw Calderwood play to start with. Okay, so um, did you see though the big question? Did you see Blair Sturridge play? I saw, oh, I saw him try to play, yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing, I want a little disclaimer here because I know that Kieran spent hours on his. I literally did started mine at four o'clock this afternoon and finished it at six minutes past four. So it was completely instinctive. Um, so there will be players missing. So in goal, I've gone for Diggers as well, Fraser Digby, um, absolute class player. Um, right back, I've gone for uh, Paul Caddis, um, mainly because I needed someone Scottish. Um, the, the back two the back two and again one of them is because I needed someone Scottish I've gone Sean Taylor and Gordon Greer um, left back I have probably controversially I, I thought about Sol Davis but then I remembered how uh, much I love this man Matty Taylor so I went for Matty oh, Taylor in his prime mate. at left back I forgot all about Matty Taylor yeah and then the only player from this era in holding midfield is McLaren I saw him play one game for Swindon, so I was able to include him in my squad. In front of him, I've gone for Young and Prime, Milner and Mason as the two uh, slightly more attacking. And then my front three, uh, Sam Parkin leading the way, um, Matty Ritchie on the right of him and Mr Yates on the left of him. And I did have a sub bench as well, but I won't go through that. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Craig, I think we're on to you now. Yeah, I, I, I was conflicted with mine. I've, I've gone for a mixture of obvious and, and not so obvious. So, again, Fraser not Digby. Not so obvious. <laughs> yeah, well, not, yeah, not Blair Sturrock obvious. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I went for Fraser Digby as well. I think he won the ad for Player of the Year three times. You know, oh. he's, he's just, he, he was just solid and, and yeah, that's pretty. Uh, I've gone for 4-4-2 as my formation, Mike Bassett style. You guys um, are old school. You need to move with the times. 4-4-2 doesn't work in the modern era. Yeah, I, I know. I'm, I'm like Mourinho. I'm stuck in the past, mate. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so... I was conflicted about this because um, I've gone for three of my back four are Scottish, but you'll see why when I've when I've put who I've put in midfield and up front. But that means that I've excluded my favourite player, Sean Taylor, uh, in the back four, which is uh, a bit of a surprise. The so, reaction, um, no one, no one. Controversial. I bet even saw him play, but favourite player excluded. Sean, Sean, if you're watching, <laughs> please forgive me. Um, <laughs> so right back I've gone Paul Caddis obviously um, centre backs Gordon Greer and Colin Calderwood left back I've gone for Nicky Summerby because when we sold Paul Bowden Nicky Summerby replaced him on the as, uh, as left back we didn't bring a left back in and obviously Nicky Summerby was one hell of a player I just want to give a token shout out because he's had a couple of mentions now. Gordon Greer is doing tremendously well in this, yeah. in this combined 11. It's only because he's Scottish. That's, that's yeah. the only I bet he was the last name on everybody's team sheet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so in my midfield four, I've got uh, Matt Ritchie on the left. Uh, in the uh, centre, I've got Michael Carrick. I did see him a couple of times. And best player to ever wore... Uh, Swindon shirt, Glenn Hoddle, of course. 
And on the right, I've put um, Jimmy Davis. I, I saw him quite a few times that season. Yeah. He was on loan. He was absolutely quality. And I think, you know, God bless him. If he hadn't, if, if he hadn't passed away, he'd have gone on to be something absolutely immense. He, he was just, he was just something else on that um, right-hand side. Good shout. And then, front, yeah. And then up front, I've gone uh, Charlie Austin and uh, Sam Parkin. Uh, no pressure then, Ned, but this is your first time to show off to any watching Swindon fans. What have you come up with? Right. Okay. So um, I am uh, uh, in celebration of our new uh, hero, uh, John McGreal. Uh, I've gone with his favourite formation, 4-2-3-1. So... Um, so oh, in goal, front, which means Parkin or Austin isn't in your team, neither. Oh, <laughs> controversial! Oh, there we go. Right, so don't invite him back. <laughs> well, you wait. Listen, <laughs> I reckon I could guess who he's got up front. Yeah, Duncan, so we'll see. We'll see. Right yeah. now, <laughs> or chalky so, in, in goal, Fraser Digby. Best keeper, England B, if I'm not mistaken. And he's probably one of things as well, yeah. Yeah, absolute quality. Best we've ever had. Um, <laughs> so, for the Scottish <laughs> contingent... <laughs> was that? You were laughing at your own team. We haven't even heard it <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it. It does make me laugh because he's not actually that good. <laughs> um, so, left back. This, right, this is on a basis that he did quite well before he joined us. Um, Jane McEverly, Scotland. Okay. Three caps for Scotland, would you believe? Three caps, unbelievable. I Rubbish. nearly, I nearly put McEverly because oh, he, he's a winner. He's a he's a league winner. So <laughs> I nearly... there we go. Oh. <laughs> so uh, right back, I've gone Nicky Summerby because he's he can you know he he was just so accurate with his crosses, absolute legend. Um, Centre backs. Uh, Scottish player Colin Coldwood and Sean Taylor. They were the best defensive partnership I've ever seen. I was going to put in Terry Fennick again, oh. just for his illustrious career. But um, yeah, Sean Taylor, I couldn't take him out. I couldn't take him out. And like you, <laughs> Craig. Um, right. Um, so the two in front, so in the midfield, um, I've got Michael Carrick. When he was on loan at Swindon, my God, he, no one could get the ball off him. He just dribbled around everyone. He was such a good player. Absolutely incredible. Um, and partnering him, part, uh, partnering him, I've got Scott Leach for the Scottish contingent. It was just so good. You know, he just get, gave 100% all the time. He's just so solid in the tackle. Um, these Two players have obviously been mentioned um, on, out wide. I've got uh, on the left, I've got Mark Walters, um, who actually, I didn't actually realise until I looked online. Um, he's, he played more games for us and scored more goals for us than he did for Liverpool. Oh, interesting. Um, and uh, on the right hand side, I've got Matt Ritchie, again, another of the Scottish contingent. Um, and then my sole striker up front, who do you reckon it is? Hang on, you yeah. missed one. You missed the one in the middle. Scott Leach and Michael Carrick. No, but it was four, two, three, one. You've only said the two at the top. Oh, sorry, yeah, my bad. My bad. 
Um, so then I would go with, um, oh no, I, oh, no I, I've not written down, George and Dar is my player that I'm going just George behind the strikers. Mm. What a player. Yeah. So good. What so, a player. So, so fast, so fast. Oh, incredible. Oh, such um, a good player. Such a shame what happened to him. Yeah, good player. So good uh, player. Uh, he went, he went you... downhill after we sold him. Yeah, he did. Just before you conclude, Rich, who are you predicting is the striker? Oh, I think we all guessed it, didn't we? It's Duncan Shiro, isn't it? Yes. Duncan Shiro, my favourite player of all time. Um, just absolutely brilliant. So good. You know, whenever we play football, me and my brother, one of us would be Chalky, one of us would be Shearer. Oh, just amazing. Just It was just such a good striker. Blackburn, can I can never forgive them for what they did. <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Um, I, think, I do believe that's going to prove a very popular 11 with, uh, with the viewers. Um, before we go on to Kieran's masterpiece, uh, just very quickly, the team in your head, Rich? Yeah, so uh, West Fodderingham and goal. Uh, it was definitely the well one of the best keepers uh, of the time that I've watched Swindon. Uh, up there with Phil Smith, but I went and chose with Bodringham. Um, I've gone three four three, so um, I actually put uh, Caddis at right centre back just because I needed someone Scottish uh, <laughs> with Gordon Greer and Nathan Thompson. Uh, and then in midfield, I've actually gone with, on the right, John Paul McGovern, uh, Simon Ferry, uh, Jonathan Douglas, and Matt Ritchie, Matt Ritchie on the left. <laughs> Is Douglas not Irish? Who? Is Douglas not Irish? He is. He is. He is. He is. He is. He is. Irishman's but no Douglas is definitely Irish pal oh dear he's frozen like he's frozen in astonishment <laughs> Kit, uh, Rich you still there sorry yeah I froze He's literally, he's actually on the island as well. And he's played eight eight games for them. (laughs) He's played eight games for them as well. What's even better is that Rich is an Ireland fan. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to make a quick substitution, pal? Yeah. These cops was born in England. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair though that was a complete random one to be honest with you Jonathan Douglas um, uh, mate let's after the, after the conversation we had the other day about favourite players if Douglas was English or Scottish do you not think I would have put him in no <laughs> I mean, you did just put Blair Sturrock in your squad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but, but to quote everyone else, I needed someone Scottish. Okay, hang on, I'll come back to that midfielder right. then. Um, so I've gone Richard. Richard remembered the rules. Kieran, uh, let, let's hear your hang master. On. No, 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 no. Oh, hang on, I'm just going to finish my team. Hang on. <laughs> 
Got the yellow get fjords off that top. Yeah. <laughs> Big Dave bitch. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, so, so Richie on the Ricky shakes. <laughs> Richie on the left, Yates, Austin, and Painter up top. Uh, midfielder. Surely Simon Ferry. Yeah, I said Simon Ferry, didn't I? Crazy. Say again? Surely you can think of one English or Scottish midfielder. Michael Pook? Yeah, I'll get Michael Pook. I actually saw, I actually saw Michael Pook play, so yeah, I'll go with Michael Pook. Just for the back, just, just for the back line, just so you wanted to get him in a team. Michael Pook played in the same squad as Blair Starrett. I can't believe it. <laughs> Rich, Rich, you were better off going for Taylor Curran. <laughs> Lol. <laughs> Let's hear what you finally settled on then. <laughs> so we've got Christian Roberts up top. <laughs> <laughs> right. So my formation, we've got three at the back. Three in mid is like a midfield sort of circle. And then I've got three at top. Cool. What school did you go to? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's, 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 I can't see it very well. Yeah, that's the diamond. The diamond. It's a bit more professional than this normally. Circles are forever. So, my goalkeeper is Wes Fodringham. Where's Luke Fodringham? My lone out and out centre back is Gordon Greer. Because you needed someone Scottish? No, because he's a good centre back. He's one of the, he's one of the best centre halves, and he was the centre half sort of had to be Scottish. My left back. <laughs> Fifteen is... years of coaching, I've never heard someone go. My lone out and out centre back. It'll make sense in a minute. It'll, there is another centre back. It'll make sense in a minute. Just the way I'm playing them because I'm taking Nathan very. CDM then. Right, left left back is Stephen Darby. Okay. Left back. My right back is Paul Caddis. <laughs> My defensive midfielder that can also cover as a centre back when needed is Jack Stevens. Right. My yeah. left central midfielder is John Paul McGovern, who always played on the right. Yeah. But he'll no. Right. He'll, he'll he'll. So with with Lee Peacock playing as a central attacking midfielder, he's Lee Peacock's just going to play in behind the striker and can cover as a second striker when needed. Then John Paul McGovern can have that sort of free role like he did at Southampton, the Johnson's Pay Trophy. Um, my other central midfielder that is playing more predominantly on the right side is Ryan Mason. But he can sort of come in and drop in for Jack Stevens when he needs to go back a bit more defensively. So you got someone in holding there, <laughs> and then I can see the circle. It's a circle. He can just drop in here. He can just drop back here sometimes, and he can come across here and he can go up here. It's all very full out. Overhead more than pet. <laughs> Lee, Lee, Peacock, Lee Peacock just in front of the sort of John Paul McGovern and Ryan Mason. My yeah. left, my left, my left winger is Danny Ward. Danny, yeah. Uh, right winger is Matt Ritchie uh, because obviously he was better on the right when he had Caddis. So yeah. I, I think it was, that, 
Uh, he's playing as a right wing back. <laughs> he's coming. They're sort of, they're, these are more. These are more like right wing backs. So they're coming down here. <laughs> Whoever's um, listening to the podcast version of this is going to have to be really crazy. <laughs> <laughs> really imagine. That. And then, no, then no one's listening yeah. to the podcast version at this far, surely. <laughs> and 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 my and my strikers, Charlie Austin. My substitutes. <laughs> I presume he's covering for Gordon Greer when he goes up for set pieces. <laughs> oh no, where's Fodringham <laughs> when he gets sent off for substitute at half time? League One, where's? <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my substitutes um, is David Lucas as my keeper substitute, Simon Ferry, Craig Easton, Scott Twine, Gerald Eiffel, Billy Painter, and Jay McEverly. Um, Billy Painter was a late addition after the for the for Simon Cox, who was who was sat on the bench and was actually in the starting lineup up until the train home this afternoon, and then still I think Glitzy wasn't Scottish. Um, but yeah, I've dropped dropped Ferry because I think Ryan Mason's better. Well, um, if nothing else, Kieran, you've been very entertaining with your 11. Um, Adam, just, just briefly before we conclude, if you could just offer a professional coaching view on that set please. Oh, my manager is Danny Wilson as well, who's clearly just been lost. I think Danny Wilson's probably the only person who could manage that side. To me, to <laughs> I think Morrison Alpaz would give it a good can- go. When when you upload this finally, can you uh, if if we all send you over a graphic of our team, can you make sure that Kieran's has got the little arrows on it so we know where the points are? Because I, I just think it's just going to be a line. <laughs> it's just going to be where's Fodringham there? Where's Fodringham there? Oh yeah, he, there, and then Gordon Gray there. <laughs> You need one centre back because Wes Fondering being like a bit of a sweeper keeper, so he's quite he was quite good with his feet at times, apart from at Preston once. Um, <laughs> that, that concludes another um, what turned into absolute farcical show of the <laughs> fan chat. Um, to anyone watching, as always, thank you very much for your time. Anyone listening to the podcast version, as Craig said, why? Um, <laughs> You know, he's really trying to sell it to the listeners. Um, we will be recording again very soon. Um, and there's just one last thing to do before I conclude, and that is give you your challenge for the next episode. Um, and given that it's likely to be recorded around the weekend sometime, we'll do kind of a, a Father's Day special-ish. And if you pick your favourites, not necessarily the best players you've seen play, I want your favourites. This is where the secret Blair Sturrock fans and the secret Michael Pook fans and the David Duke fans start putting them into your 11s. Again, realistic formations, you have to see them play, but no limitations on nationality. Uh, To give you an example, a little preview, in my team, without question, will be Sofian Zabu. Until next time, uh, thank you for you guys for joining me this evening. Thank you to anyone watching or listening. Um, let us know your combined 11s. There are a couple of people coming back with ideas of players that should be in there. I think most of them got at least one mention because you had to pick someone Scottish. Until next time, come on England on Friday and we will see you again soon. Good night. Cheers, Steve. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers, Steve. That was awesome, mate.